Welcome to Dice Camera Action in Audio Form. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk. Chris Perkins is the dungeon master for the amazing group of adventurers known as the Waffle Crew. They've been broadcasting on twitch.tv slash dnd at 4 p.m. Pacific time every Tuesday for a while, but we wanted to give fans who prefer to listen in audio form a way to follow their adventures. We're going back to the start of the Waffle Crew's adventures in Barovia and the greater Sword Coast area and publishing them all on this new podcast feed. Going forward, we'll be releasing weekly episodes pulled from the live stream here on the Dice Camera Action RSS. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com for full episode recaps and information about all the NPCs, guest appearances, and adopted pets of the party. For this episode, we'll pick up right when Chris Perkins says hello to the crew. Enjoy this suboptimal party. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Dice Camera Action. <laughs> yeah, good times for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Where the fun never stops and things are always happy. <laughs> Hooray! Where characters never die. <laughs> right. Right. So, uh, as you recall, uh, previously in Curse of Strahd, your party um, got lured or escorted to the Amber Temple by a Dusk Elf named Casimir. And uh, you were naturally suspicious of him, uh, even from the get-go, or at least Diath was particularly suspicious, even as he returned this uh, mysterious disappeared baby back to the Wizard of Wine's winery. Um, He seemed to be on a quest to rid himself of a curse the screaming of thousands of damned souls that he had killed in his lifetime. Uh, Evelyn is also under the effects of a curse, in her case, werewolf lycanthropy. And the Amber Temple seemed to be the place to go to rid oneself of these maladies. For it was said that powerful good wizards built a vault under the mountain where they contained all sorts of secret lore, some of it malevolent, a lot of it benign, and including the secrets to ending powerful curses. And so you ventured up Selenka Pass, a frigid road, a frigid dirt road that leads up the mountainsides of Mount Gakis. You encountered a gate that you got past, even though it was guarded by demons. You spent the night in a white tower, um, and then you headed across a ominous stone bridge to the, uh, and made your way finally to the front of the temple and found a kind of a secret way inside, or at least Diath did. Uh, Once inside, uh, it wasn't long that you found yourselves trapped there, for Casimir proved to be as duplicitous as you figured he was, and uh, basically waited waited outside with an army of wolves. You're not exactly sure what his intentions were. Uh, Strix went out, confronted him, then retreated back inside, whereupon the mountain came down, Um, a huge avalanche trapping and sealing you within. As you were forced to explore the temple more fully, uh, you had an unfortunate encounter with a giant statue, which slung spells at you and nearly killed you. And then you had an encounter with three flame skulls in an uh, amber-glazed hallway. Those flame skulls hurled fireballs at you and did a great deal of damage. And Diath went down in a smoldering heap uh, Strix, by virtue of her tiefling heritage, wasn't nearly so badly burned, and Evelyn, by virtue of her strength and her faith in, Lath- in Lathander the Morning Lord, uh, weathered that blast as well. Paulton, 
who had been acting a little strangely over the course of the last day or two, um, did not fare nearly as well as the rest of you. As the fireballs washed over him, his form literally melted away, turning to ice and slush before your eyes and reduced in an instant to a puddle of steaming water. Yeah, Paul, what's up with that? <laughs> Boy, I knew. Yeah. So, Paulton. Yes. <laughs> slosh, slosh. <laughs> slosh, slosh. Uh, you are very much alive. Um, but you are up to your chest, up to your nipples in a dirty, ice-cold water in a dark cell. <gasps> cool. Uh, the air around you is um, not pleasant. Uh, mm. It reeks of old death. The cell in which you find yourself seems to be at the end of a row of cells, um, a room full of cells. The bars are thick, iron, and rusty. And... Uh, the water is, there's no light per se, um, except that which you might be able to create yourself. Uh, and the cell appears to be occupied by you alone. Um, now, in this dark cell where you have been for some time, ever since, uh, well, I'd like you to make a, a constitution check for me. Okay. <laughs> I'm just always so scared. Okay. Uh, you remember uh, dimly uh, separating yourself from your friends, albeit briefly, to kind of take a leak because you've been drinking a lot. Uh, and uh, as you turned around, you got whacked in the face with a broom. That's what you remember. Um, <sighs> And then you woke up here, and you've kind of lost track of time, but you think you've been here over a day uh, in this uh, water-filled dungeon. And since then, the only other sound you've heard um, uh, is there's, some, there's someone else in this cell block with you. Uh, you think, based on the sound, uh, in the cell across the hall from you. Now... Do you have any light? Um, let me see. Left uh, in this world? No. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any light in this world? Or specifically, I should say, do you have any magical uh, ability to create light? Would fairy fire do anything? So, checking the spell, um, it basically uh, goes out in a, a radius. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, or, you know, rather, you target a, an area in a cube, and each object within there is outlined um, in blue, green, or violet light. So you could actually even cast it on your own area and illuminate yourself that way, and you choose the color of the light. Now, it's not very bright. Um, mm -hmm. You basically shed dim light out to a range of about 10 feet. But you can also cast it out from you like across this darkened hall to try to get a better glimpse of what's there. Yeah, I'm going to cast it out if I could. All right. Uh, when you do, you sort of uh, illuminate a 
dark-skinned man who is gripping the bars of his cell across from you and just sort of staring at you from across the black abyss. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So um, when this effect happens, uh, Aram... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you Ooh. notice that you're lit up in this sort of dim light. Uh, it is not bright enough to see the creature that cast or the person that cast this spell on you. Gotcha. You're still in the darkness of the cell, a little bit more than ten feet away from you. You can kind of see your light uh, on the the bars to his cell, and maybe even see his hands, uh, but you can't really see him. But I know that he's in a cell as well. He is. You are both okay. in cells across from one another. Okay, I would I would shrink back initially. I've been down here, for, and I would be scared, but I would steady myself, and I'm just shivering and clutching the bars and just kind of stare back at him. Okay. But you don't actually say anything at this point. Not yet. Oh. Okay. Paulton, you don't get a response from the being across from you. All right, so then I'm just going to assume you live here, and... Uh, Guess I'll just be on my way then. <laughs> I'm get out of here. How are you getting out? That's that's a question. I'm very. I don't know. <laughs> as eloquent as ever. <laughs> if you can get us both out, I will help you. Help me with what? What makes you think I need something? <laughs> Do you even know where you are? Of course, <laughs> making sure you know. I know precisely where I am. I have been here for some time. You guys hear uh, the sound of a door um, kind of being forced open. Uh, it, it sounds like an iron door. As it opens, it sort of scrapes against uh, what you assume to be a rusty or a door frame. Uh, but Whoever is trying to move this door is having trouble because it, like you, is partially underwater. Um, But you hear the door open with a squeal, and then you hear uh, footfalls of something sloshing through the water um, and coming closer to you. You also see, for the first time, a light source uh, other than the one currently glowing around your character, Aram. And it seems to be making its way down the hall toward your cells. Do either of you want to do anything? Uh, Shrink back. Okay. How far is it? You estimate that there, that light, the source of that light is still about 30 feet away and getting closer. Okay. Moving slowly through the water. Okay. I'm going to stay really still and cast invisibility on myself. Okay. Uh, when you disappear, one thing you do notice is that you leave a pocket... <laughs> Uh, where your body would normally be in the water. <laughs> Not suspicious at all. What this man-shaped absence of water? I have no idea. You can't see me. Can I like, hold on to the bars and like lift my leg of water level? Yeah, if you want to try to pull yourself up and cling to the bars so that you're completely out of the water, uh, just make a strength athletics check for me. Not oh. so much that you can't do it, but just to hold that position for any length of time. Go well. Uh, 12. Okay, you're able to pull yourself up out of the water and brace yourself by clutching onto the bars. Um, now, uh, you've got about five feet 
of door or bars clearance there. So there's lots of room for you to hang on. You're probably sort of crouched a little bit, um, pulled in tight around the bars and gripping as tight as you can. And you notice the creature that's coming toward you with the light is sort of half walking, half swimming in the water toward you while, try to, while trying to hold a lantern above water. And that creature, as it comes into your view, looks like some horrible mashup of something that used to be human with something that's been combined with all sorts of weird animals. In fact, you recall seeing creatures like this locked up in the Abbey of St. Markovia. Snickety-snooks. Mm. These weird mongoloid, mongrel folk things. Um, and now I'm just trying to find it. Blah, blah, blah. This is a big book. There we are. Um, although he's half buried in the water, he kind of looks like that. <laughs> yes, uh, you can see in his light, uh, he probably isn't very tall. The left side of his face is covered with lizard scales and he has the ears of a panther. And you can see uh, the arm that's holding up the lantern is covered with patches of what appears to be black dog fur. And uh, he looks into your cell first, doesn't see anything right away, then casts his light over to the other cell. And for the first time at the back of that cell, you see the figure um, uh, that you spoke to. And he kind of looks like that. Mm. Okay. Uh, but he's sort of retreated to the back of the cell. So more like this. Oh. I'm just like, okay. Getting a good read on the situation. And the mongrel folk turns to you and say, or not to you, he turns to uh, the man in the cell and says, Are you hungry, Emil? Always. Good. <laughs> I hope you starve. Oh, he, would just wow. lurch at the, he would lurch at the bars and rattle them and just kind of, you know, scream at them. It's kind of, you just, you, clearly this guy's near the end of his rope. He's frustrated, he's enraged, and not as afraid of this creature as whatever he thought was coming down the stairs. Yes. And... Uh... Uh, the the malformed creature says, "You're not so scary behind those bars." Open them. See how scary I can be. <laughs> the master would never allow it. And then he turns back to the cell and says, "Oh, where is this one? I wonder. Under the water, perhaps. Is he afraid?" There was never anyone in that cell. It's always been empty. You're lying. You're lying. I've the witches seen put no them one. here. I know it. Well, they didn't put them there when I saw them. That cell's always been him. And he he uh, he takes uh, some. He uh, sort of reaches under the water and uh, pulls out a sack. And out of the sack, he removes uh, what appears to be a dismembered hand. And then uh, you see the hand sort of flex and move its fingers and come to life. 
And then he just sort of tosses the hand into uh, Paulton's cell. And Paulton, you see this animated hand uh, fly past you, land in the water, and then kind of sink. Ew. <gasps> Where are you? Says this creature, shining the light in the cell. Come out, come out, wherever you are. I won't hurt you. Exactly. If I'm invisible, he says, the master won't hurt you. If I'm invisible, would I be able to use suggestion on him still? Uh, you would become visible. But yes, you could cast the spell, but you would become visible in the casting of the spell. Okay, I'm going to go with suggestion. Okay. Cool. And uh, when you appear and utter, as you appear and uttering the uh, incantation for the spell, uh, what's, what are you suggesting that he do? I tell him, oh, good, you're finally down here to, uh, to let us out, as we had discussed earlier with your master. All right. Um, and he has to make a saving throw. What is the spell save DC for your spell? That would be 15. Looking at your character sheet. Yes. All right. Uh, Well, first, as soon as you appear and start to cast the spell, he's startled and he sort of, he sort of uh, swims a little back away from you. Um, uh, Coming uh, dangerously close to uh, uh, the other cell. And then, uh, you seem to, you see him uh, become a little slack-jawed, and he says, "That sounds like a good idea to me." Very much so. He says, "The master is very fond of you." Hey, uh. okay. <laughs> just just remember that we agreed that the master's very busy today, and we probably should get out without bothering him today. No, we shouldn't bother him. He's very upset. Very upset. <laughs> you and your friends really angered him. <laughs> you could see him now pulling out some keys and he's sort of looking at them. Uh, well, he's sort of looking at one hand, holding up the light with the other, half swimming, half jumping in the pool. Uh, he finally finds the key to your cell, sticks it in the underwater latch, and uh, you've, you're still hanging on the bars. You feel the door loosen, and now it's, it doesn't seem to be locked anymore. <laughs> Great. Good. Release me. Release me, and I will help you out. Oh, yeah. And um, Master obviously wanted him to go, too. He, d- he doesn't want people uh, clogging up cell space, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, this mongrel creature goes over to uh, the other gentleman's cell and says, Sounds good to me! Swims over. <laughs> Finds another key, sticks it in the lock, and uh, your cell is unlocked as well. Excellent. Thank you. I am says, we're all friends here, right? Yeah. Give me your torch. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, hop back over and hand you a lantern. <laughs> we don't need him. Okay. He says, I really should be getting back to the kitchen. I've got stew brewing. 
Oh God, ten to the stew, please. Don't don't wanna don't wanna ruin that. All right. Can you tell him to forget us? Oh, and then uh once this is all done, you know, just you don't you don't wanna tell the boss about this. He's again very, very busy. He's uh doesn't want to be bothered. You, you know how he is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you see uh you wanted to hang on to his lamp? He goes, he goes swinging off without his lamp back to the doorway. Cool. That was well done. Thanks. Where are we going? We are leaving. Okay, cool. Let's go. And I would assumedly try the... Do I have any idea of the layout of where I'm in? Uh, so you're at the end of a cell block. Uh, it's about a, a 40-foot-long hallway with uh, four... 10 foot square cells on each side. So the whole hallway is lined with cells. At the far end of the hall is an open iron door that this mongrel creature is swimming toward and making his way toward now, beyond which you see a more flooded hall beyond. Uh, There's no lights other than the light that Paulton is currently carrying. And I've never been in here before. Uh, So what you know is when you first came here, uh, you were uh, uh, brought through the main entrance of this great edifice and then quickly ushered down a passageway to a spiral staircase that descended several levels to this level of the dungeon, uh, which was flooded from the time you entered this level. It seemed to be entirely flooded, although it's shallower out in the hallway. Uh, there are some steps under the water that lead up out of this cell block way that's only maybe about two feet full of water and going out that way would probably be problematic going out uh, it's really the only that hallway out of the cell block is the you you have two once you get out in that hallway you have basically two other choices two directions to go uh, you know there's another cell block just like this one on the opposite side of the hall um, but there there's no obvious exit there now one thing you do know is that when you were led down here for the first time uh, you were carefully navigated down the hall uh, outside of the cell block um, because you were told there were pits hidden under the water ah okay then i would carefully watch the guy going towards the gate and watch where he steps and I'd warn my new companion of the same. Um, who wants to lead? I will lead if if he doesn't. I'll just start walking behind the guy. Okay. Well, All right. Uh, Paulton, did you want to do anything else? Um, uh, no. Okay. Uh, one thing you do notice, Paulton... Uh, is that uh, you were not stripped of your gear. So most of it is just sort of wet um, in your uh, entertainer's backpack, uh, your bedroll soaked and heavy. Uh, you can feel it weighing you down. Um, Many bottles of wine. Yeah, you've got, but they're at least stoppered. So at least your, your, your bottles and, and wine flasks, uh, you haven't uh, tainted your wine supply. Oh, good. Chris would never be that cool. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, when you get uh, through the door, and uh, like I said, you feel staircases in the water that you can sort of make your way up, you enter this hallway that's about 50 feet long from one end to the other. 
now this mongrel creature heads right down the hall. Uh, and you can see at that end is a spiral staircase that climbs up out of the water and curls its way up uh, into the upper levels of this structure. The other end of the hall seems to open into some sort of large flooded chamber, which you can't really make out. Um, it's it's range, even and your light only illuminates just the, the few feet inside the room. But you can hear by the sound of the water that it's quite large. And the mongrel folk guy turns to you and says, watch where you're walking in this hall. There are pits and some of them are trapped. He says, if you wanna leave, that's the quickest way. And he points opposite the way he's going. He's going toward the staircase up. He points you toward the larger room. And I would turn to my new, friend. well, I guess I should introduce myself at some point. I would, do, I would turn to him and say, my name is Emble. Cool. Paulton, we should leave. If we, go, <laughs> if we go up, it's the main entrance. I do not know the direction he is pointing. But if he says it's out and you trust him, if he is under your magic, then perhaps we should do that. Yeah, I'm pretty confident he's relatively trustworthy at the moment. Then let us go. Have fun with the magic brazer. Okay, what? Bye. 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 You're good friends. And he starts to make his way up. <laughs> like, oh, that guy's great. It's really dark up here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he, goes, he goes up the stairs. You hear him sloshing uh, with his wet feet, uh, which don't look human, uh, up the staircase, and he disappears from view, leaving you guys standing alone in this damp, flooded hallway with one light. Ready to go? I mean... And as you feel around with your feet, see, there are places in this hallway where the floor just seems to drop away. But it's it's under black water, so you can't see the pits. Right, and the, it's about four feet deep. Yep. And as he was for the staircase, you saw him kind of. He didn't take a direct route to the stairs. He kind of zigzagged the hall. Clearly, he's got the pit positions memorized. Right. Do you have rope? Uh, I do not, sir. <laughs> <laughs> then be careful. And I guess we start down very slowly and carefully kind of feeling with my feet to see if I can find pits. Yeah. As you, as you make your way cautiously, you do in fact find uh, a number, uh, let's see, one, two, three pits as you make your way in the opposite direction toward the large flooded room. I'll signal anything I find as quietly as I can. Would the, um, is the water too dark for the lantern to show the floor? That's correct. Um, when, when you shine the light over the water, it, the water is opaque and you basically just see your reflections in what looks like wavy black glass. Cool. Or gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. And the two of you make your way along. Meanwhile, elsewhere, uh, you guys, uh, Evelyn and Strix, you sort of, uh, after, after withstanding the fireball barrage, you slammed the amber doors shut again. And now you are once more 
in this kind of sanctuary room that you've taken on. There are some bedrolls on the floor. There's one last sputtering torch on a wall. And there's Diath lying in a smoldering heap at your feet. And nothing's on fire anymore. Nothing is on fire. You've all just sort of smoky. Well, that just didn't go as we planned. You smell burnt hair. Is that? I'm checking my hair. Is that? Okay. Pike off, Evelyn. What? I said pike off. (laughs) I don't. I don't know what that expression means. Is that? Are you trying to be mean to me? I'm going to ignore Evelyn and start trying to stabilize Diaz. Okay. Um, uh, to make a long story short, you're able to stabilize him before he, uh, succumbs to his injuries. I, uh, I kneel down and like inspect the puddle where Paulton used to be. And yeah. I knew there was something fishy about this. Fishy. Get it? <laughs> Strix doesn't laugh. Strix is so mad. <laughs> yeah. And the, the thing you notice about Paulton is not even his gear, um, survived. Everything just turned to water. Oh, Are can you, I do an uh, arcana check to make to see if I know what that is? Absolutely. Pretty cool. Whee! 21. With your outstanding arcana check, you know exactly what it is. You believe that what Paulton was was a simulacrum, which is a magical construct made to look like uh, an actual person uh, using a powerful spell called simulacrum. Um, and you know that ice and snow are required to sort of sculpt the simulacrum before it is uh, given life. Um, uh, but it looks just like the creature it's imitating. Now, to be, to be able to cast that spell, you would have to be a formidable wizard, um, almost like Archmage level. So whoever did this wasn't messing around. All right, that's why Strix is very concerned that someone that powerful could have done that to Paulton. So she's even more on edge than usual, which needless to say is very, very on edge. GP <laughs> says it was Asmir. <laughs> <laughs> are you, are you awake, Dia? Or are you unconscious? I don't, I don't know. Am I awake? No, uh, you are still unconscious, um, but okay. stable, so not you're, not, you're not dying. Uh, Evelyn, I believe you have like 20 hit points left on your lay on hands, something like that. I used... Yes, something like that. Okay, we'll say we'll say that. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I go over to him, and I say, I like raise my hands in prayer, and I say, "By the light of Lathander, be ye healed." And I lay on hands for like fifteen. <gasps> I'll keep five just in case. Okay. So, Dieth, you got fifteen hit points. I like immediately get up and like on my hands, like swoop back to walls. <laughs> praise Lathander in all his glory. Yeah, that's what did it. I pat him on the shoulder. You all right, my friend? Yeah, everything's great. Strix, remember that time I said, don't open the door? <laughs> yes, yes, I, I do. My, my memory's a little jogged right now. I was trying to remember if that was actually a thing or not. Yes, yes, you did say that. Okay. Uh, yep, that was something you said. I apologize. <laughs> I uh, had more faith in us than I thought that uh, we would have been able to handle. So... Also, I'm running out of snacks. I'm going to, like, rifle in my robe and just, like, pull out, like, a really gross-looking piece of, like, meat and just start chewing on it. Like, it's been there for a real long time. I just, I feel like I did not expect three little skulls to be able to pack such a punch. They're, never mind. I just can't. Okay. (laughs) You need, you look like you're getting a little bit hungry. You should definitely focus on that snack. 
Sometimes you get a little grumpy when you don't eat. And Strix, I'm, not, I'm just telling the truth. Strix, you remember uh, from last week's episode that you did an arcana check on the flame skulls and determined that they're the undead remains of wizards. Yes. Yep. That was my frustration when she yep. said that they were just little skulls. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a plan to use a shield. I suggested that we rip the door off the hinges and then use then it. we have no door. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's only right. one way out of here, and it's back through that crack. That's the only way we're going to survive. You mean I don't? I don't think that's still a way out. I think that's, that's covered in snow and rocks and all sorts of other blocky tap stuff. I, I mean, you can check. I'm going to go check and see how sealed off this crack is because I am not going back with the flame skulls and I'm not going back to crazy statue face. <laughs> All right. When you navigate the crack, you only get about maybe 10 feet down into it and you see it is absolutely uh, piled up with rock. Not snow? Uh, there's evidence of some snow, yes. But uh, <laughs> mostly just falling rocks. All right. I am so not ever going to tell you I told you so. That's just I'm not how I am. I'm just going to kick it a few times okay. <laughs> and walk away. Yep. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, anyone could have assumed that except for anyone who was listening to like all the rocks and stuff that fell down. Anyway, like someone would probably have known if they were paying attention, but it's okay. Anyone can make that mistake. Well, since we're all going to die in here, do you know if you can eat amber? I mean, amber might be kind of edible, right? I think we need to choose Either the skulls or the statue no, and come up with a plan. to die if we go to that statue. Or There's the no statue. other way. There's no other option, right? We still have a statue or crack. It appears that uh, there are only two uh, mm-hmm. sets of double doors out of this room. One leads into the hallway with the flame skulls. The other leads into the grand cathedral onto the balcony at the far end of the statue. But in that balcony room, was there not another set of doors straight across? Yes. In fact, uh, right across, as soon as you come out onto the balcony, at the very far end of the balcony, yes, there was an open set of amber double doors. They would be uh, 90 feet away. So the balcony is 90 feet across, basically. So if one of us just runs real fast, it'll be fine. Yes. So it is possible to get over to there, past... Deadly statue. Another possibility is I might be able to get over there on my own without being seen. How would you do that? Doing what I always do. Uncanny dodge? No, I'm sneaky. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's just going to sit down in a corner and just hug her legs to her body and just sit there and stare. All right. And you've still got, you've still got uh, your puppet. Yes, she's just playing with the puppets, like saying all the things like, this is all your fault. I hope you're happy. (laughs) You're having a good time, your big old castle. Well, how about this? We aren't going anywhere anytime soon, and all of us are hurting a little bit. So why don't we just take a nice long rest, make sure we're all ready, and then we just do our darndest to get past that mean old statue. I... uh... We're just going to die. That's all right. I'm ready to petition some gods. I've got a couple things written down. She just starts writing down some ideas of what to say on how great she is. For when she Angrily, gets- angrily scribbling. Mm-hmm. 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 And she goes, how do you spell Lathander again? <laughs> L-A. I spell it like really patiently. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know if sleeping here would it'd be a great idea. One, there's at least three flame skulls. Behind a door. They could, I don't know, maybe they can open it. I don't know. They, I don't, they know. don't have no hands. If they could spit fireballs, I feel like they would have other ways through a door. <laughs> You're right. I'm just trying to be re- like, I'm trying to be encouraging. I don't know. I just don't feel like with a, uh, with feeling about one fifth myself, I don't know if I feel confident in my ability to withstand another attack from that statue. I don't think any of us can withstand any attack from anything right now. Well, what do you want to do, DF? Well, I could, I would be fairly certain I'd be able to sneak over to that other door without being seen. That's what I do. It's what I'm good at. But on the small, small chance, very small chance, remember, I'm good at this. On the small chance that I am seen and it does attack me again, my life would be forfeit. That's my well, Don't die. We don't want anyone to die. It's either that or we're all dead here. We could just tie a rope to you and pull you back if you get knocked out again. <laughs> then he just sees the rope. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to give some options. <laughs> or we, or I, I, I mean, I could always use, I could always turn into a cloud again and leave and get help. There is the cloud option. You could. Cloud I can go cloud. through. I can go through the tiny, tiny gaps in the rocks. She's not saying go past the statue. She's saying leave entirely. Yes, that is what I'm saying. You're so good at reading me. I know. <laughs> run away. <laughs> I'm saying run away. That's what I'm saying. And, you know, we have left Valentina all alone with Morning Glory by that gate for a long time. It's probably due that someone went and, and got her poor skin. Valentina thing. is almost assuredly dead, Evelyn. No, she's fine. Oh, she's very dead. She is so dead. I don't want her to be dead. If we had, if we had heard that those rocks falling, and that passageway back was blocked off, I don't know if we if, could get any other help inside of here, at least through this passage. Also, if we wait, if we just wait and rest a little bit longer, I can turn us all into clouds. Well, that sounds like fun. And then we can leave. Also concerned that Paulton is essentially dead. I look down at the puddle and I'm like, did I drink real wine or was it just water? (laughs) How drunk do you feel? Not very. It was just water. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with Diaz. I don't think there's any chance of anyone coming in or out of that crack. You could be a cloud. You could go through the cracks. I could, it's, it's cloud to go through tiny cracks, leave outside. Not, I mean, I, I'm just hoping that scary elf man isn't out there still. That's one thing we don't know. But bonus, we would all be clouds, and then we can kind of like go through another door. Maybe scary monster or statue or whatever it is might not see us as clouds. I still like. I still want to check out this other set of double doors, the one across from the balcony. As a cloud. Perhaps you could do it as a clown. If that's our safest bet, if you are impervious to say, I don't know, fireballs or lighting the bounces from person. Uh, I don't think I'm impervious to that, but I can, but it definitely would be better than um, you getting hit by a lightning bolt. I'm a little sneaky. Yeah, but you're not invisible. I mean, if I'm sneaky enough, I am. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I believe in you, DS. But whatever we do, I think we need to do it soon because every minute we're here not eating 
is another minute that Strix gets crankier and we get closer to dying. For once, we're eating something. each other. <clears throat> I was not counting that as an option personally, but you do you. At least we have some Paltin water. Uh, I feel she looks at that as if she feels like very conflicted on whether she would drink that or not. <laughs> <laughs> Just think about it for a little bit. All right. Or, I mean, I, I can go through cracks as a cloud, so I could easily try and navigate something through here to see if there's another way out. There was a front entrance. Yes, that's out on the balcony. We might be able to make it there as clouds. I'm also going to inform everyone that as a cloud, I am not immune to any magical damage. So if I take damage as a cloud uh, with magic, I just straight up die as well. I'm only immune to like... Sword. Well, as the one of us who was nearest death most recently, I say the choice is up to Dia. Great. <laughs> all right i'm trying real hard not to just run out there again because i know you guys hate it when i do that we always hate it when you do that so i really like to just run out there again no, don't please just stay uh, a lot of the will protect me but you guys just like, don't believe stay. me please stay what if we all yell outside to the were ravens call 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 i join her <laughs> just calling to the rocks like call do you think it's working? No. <laughs> well, I need to rest if I'm even going to get this spell back. So let's just rest for a little bit. I don't, I don't know. Like mechanically speaking, Chris, would we even be able to take a long rest in here safely? Like, are we in, are we in an environment or situation that this would be even be possible? Uh, yes, you could, but you'll be you'll just be killing a lot of time. That's all. Assuming nothing comes along in that time. Right. And assuming we're not hitting nighttime. Whilst Evelyn may well, have yes, there's, a certain there's that. There's, there's that would just be great. Yes, you would. You would if you were to take another long rest. You would almost certainly have to deal with the Evelyn conundrum. And how are we going to deal with that, Strix? I don't know. Put her in the room with the flame skulls and tell her just go crazy. I mean, as much as I love that idea, I don't know if we can coerce her that way that well. I don't know. Maybe. Well, you've seen uh, you've seen enough evidence to suggest that Evelyn, werewolf or not, uh, spell damage does. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's bad it's, things it's to her complexion. I mean, if you guys don't <laughs> want me, I can just go on my way. I mean, no, stop it! Oh, great! Now we're dealing with mental problems. <laughs> <laughs> You're tearing this party apart. <laughs> Bolton's dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not actually dead. He was a. He was a let's all let's all join hands. I take don't touch hand. me. Don't touch me. Great Lathander, shining your light upon us, even in the darkest no. of days. Guide us with your enough. light as enough. we find the best. All right, Lathander has told me what to do. Dia, tell Strix. <laughs> Wait, you're not talking to me anymore? No, I just made him the leader, so I figured you wanted to listen to him. You don't like listening to he, me. He, I can tell he, you. He's a child. Okay, fine. Oh, that's right. Little wise him on the head. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> You're just a wee one now. Listen, all right. The two of you wait. He's here. old enough to drive coach. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> the two of you wait here. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get across that balcony without being seen. Trust me on that. I believe you. I will get back to you as soon as possible. 
I've already and done you it. don't come back, I'm clouding after you. It's a great plan. I mean, and if you don't come back, I'll just run out there and die. I mean, <laughs> every beautiful life no, goes listen. from light to darkness. I won't be seen. Okay. I'm good at this. I've already died once before. Better me than either of you two. <laughs> but oh. you're so young. You feel <laughs> <laughs> Just put like 18 famous last words said. All. <laughs> strung them all together. All right. Chris, I am yes. going to stealth my way across that across balcony. The other set of double doors that were already opened that we have not explored yet. All right. Make a dexterity stealth check for me. I feel like when we were on the balcony before, it didn't attack us right away either. 27. All right. Uh, so DF quietly slips out through the doors. Uh, Strix and Evelyn, are you sort of peering out through the doors to try to keep an eye on him as best you can? Yes. Right. As closely away from it as we can, just like squinting. <laughs> uh, then you're, you're sort of uh, shocked when uh, skillfully he kind of disappears into the shadows and you can't really see him anymore. It's really impressive. Like for what level you guys could see before like, I vanished before your eyes, you were so impressed. Yeah. Wow, he's stealthy for such a little kid. <laughs> Emil and Paulton, you get to the end of the hall. Oh, shit. You see dark, low shapes thrusting up out of the still, brackish water that fills a 50-foot square room, the ceiling of which is festooned with hanging chains that look like thick, black web strands. A balcony set into one wall overlooks the room and has two large thrones on top of it with a red velvet curtain hanging behind them. Uh, now, with your light, you can make out that the dark shapes in the water are actually racks, iron maidens, stocks, and other instruments of torture. The skeletons of their last victims lie within them, their jaws seemingly frozen open in silent screams. Nice. This Do is not want. <laughs> Are there any weapons amongst these uh, corpses? Uh, make a wisdom perception check. Sure. Uh, that would be a five. Okay. You spot none. Right. Um. Now you do notice um, a cursory examination of your new comrade that he appears to be armed with a long sword, uh, not one, but two rapiers and uh, a loot. Do you have a weapon you could spare? He also has uh, uh, some short swords and hand crossbows. So he is just bristling. This, yeah. Do you perhaps have one of your eight weapons you could spare? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it might be. Oh, fresh out. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, gee. <laughs> clang, clang, clang. I don't know what I can do here. Yeah. Um, I'll throw him uh, and take your flavor, buddy. Long sword, uh, rapier, short sword. Long sword. Okay. That's his biggest weapon. All right. Match. He was never very good with it anyway. <laughs> 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 Roasted. 
Maybe so there are no there are no other doors or exits from this room except the overhanging balcony uh, with the red curtain behind it. And you assume there's some something behind that curtain. Um, the curtain is old and ragged and torn in a few places, and uh, through its holes, you can make out some sort of back area or backstage area. The uh, instruments of torture here are all sort of corroded and rotted, and obviously haven't seen use in a long, long, long time. Mm, shame. Good. So, do we have to climb? balcony or is it like so you'll have to to even reach the balcony you'll have to basically walk into the room about 20 feet and then sort of uh pull yourself up uh, onto the uh, balcony by gripping the railing balusters i can give you a hand up yeah Paulton, you're still carrying the lantern to keep it out of the water the water here is basically uh about um, knee deep. I see his hesitation when I say that. I turn to him. I'm like, "Look, if we trust each other until we're out or we die." All right, let's climb on up then. All right, as you make your way across the room, six zombies rise up out of the water. <sighs> or we trust each other and die. <laughs> And as they slowly rise up in the water, you can see that their uh, bloated arms are sort of covered with a grayish slime, and their claws seem sort of unnaturally sharp. I'd like you both to roll initiative. All right. You guys got it. Five. All right, then. Ten. Welcome to Does Camera Action. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. DF. You make your way all the way across to the balcony to the opened amber doors on the far side, and you're able to peer inside. Ah. Uh, there's no disturb, nothing, nothing about the room, uh, the cathedral. It is just dead silent. You don't get any, ins- not you don't even get a feeling that anything's really paying attention to you as you make your way across. Um, when you do get to those open doors and you look beyond, you see a room that is mostly featureless stone, except for a rough edged 10 foot diameter circular hole in the floor uh it looks like it was almost just kind of punched through the floor Uh, so it's all ragged and rough you can see empty torch sconces set into the walls and you see another set of amber doors to your left in the wall to the left and they too uh stand open oh Revealing what appears to be some sort of amber glazed hallway beyond. That's skullless? You see no evidence of skulls. Okay. In fact, you see no evidence of any creatures uh, in this room. It is dark stone room, a little bit bigger than the one that the your your uh, colleagues are hiding out in presently. But the way this the doors and stuff are set up, it's basically mirroring what yep. we hear on the other side. Yes, exactly. Right. The hole punched in the floor is about 30 feet away from you, kind of deep in the room. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'll start by staying uh, as stealthy as possible. Make my way over to that hole and try to peer down it, see if I can discern anything about it. Absolutely. Um, As you get closer to that hole, you see greenish light deep down inside of it. Uh, would you say they're skull sized? <laughs> you won't know unless you actually go to the edge of the hole. Nope. Uh, is there, there's no uh, 
there's nothing else in this room, uh, furniture or? No, it's been completely stripped bare. Okay. Uh, right. So I'm just going to go right on past that and not mess around. Okay. That fire doesn't know I'm here. Yep. All right, then you're able to make it easily over to the other set of opened amber doors. Right. And when you, uh, what are you using for a light source? Nothing. What would you like to use for a light source? <laughs> uh, I don't have one. Okay. Uh, you are. Well, that wasn't planned well. You are in complete darkness at this point. Right. Where I stealth the best. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so the, the other hallway is pitch black, like nothing. Yep. Probably shouldn't fumble my way through that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so you said that hole went down about about thirty feet down. There was a, a green flame. It seemed like that. Yeah. Uh, was was it a? Uh, you like go down to another room or is it just like walls you'd have to literally stand at the edge of the hole to know well then the, the green light that you see coming up out of the hole is very dim at this range and at the angle you're seeing it you're just sort of seeing a little bit of a reflection off the the rough hewn sides of the hole all right i'm not going to stand at the end of that hole okay i, I will like <laughs> i crouch down and almost yeah. like kind of lay down onto my yeah. chest and like yeah. go over and like kind of peek my head down that way got it when you peer down the shaft that way, you see it descends roughly 20 feet and breaks through the ceiling of another chamber below and then drops another 10 feet to the floor. So it's a total of about a 30 foot drop. Gotcha. Um, and uh, as you watch closely, you can see that the, the green flames down there seem to be moving about and actually coming into view at one point, you do see a wreathed flame skull. And then I go, whoop. <laughs> Start backing away. And you're successful. Hey. Uh, did I see more than one down there? Sorry. Uh, you got the sense based on the, the way the light was shining that there were uh, two, possibly more down there. But you only actually saw one of them. But you're pretty sure there's definitely more than one. You also think that this the whole... This uh, this chimney, this shaft is uh, the walls are so rough and rugged that they're easily climbed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like how I added that little detail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you like killing yourself? Ah. <laughs> Speaking of killing, the first zombies lumber oh, no. toward uh, Neil and Alton. <laughs> Uh, they seem to have caught you by surprise because they go first. Um, the first one reaches out for Emil um, and uh, rolls a 22 to hit. That'll do it. Uh, Emil, it, it sort of bashes you uh, with its undead fist. And although there's sort of a supernatural amount of force behind it, it, it does not harm you in the least. Uh, the second one also comes at you and does the same thing, uh, but it is it does not even come close to hitting you. A third one attacks you as well, 
uh, rolls a 14 on the attack roll, which is a hit, um, and has absolutely no effect. It tries to rake you with its sharp claws, and its claws don't even pierce your flesh. Paulton, uh, three more sort of converge on you. Uh, two of them miss. They're sort of slow and plodding, and you easily avoid their reaching claws. The third one, who rolled a 22 to hit, uh, does hit you and tries to just sort of beat you down with one of its fists and does four points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. Oh, damn. And then, uh, then it is uh, Paulton's turn. All right. So there's three of them on me? There are three of them on you. You've got a lantern in one hand, uh, casting a baleful glow upon their undead rotting forms. Okay. Um, is there any way I can like put the lantern on like my, because the water's only like knee high, right? Correct. Can I put it like on my belt or something just so I have my hands free? Yeah. Cool. All right. So I'm going to do that. I'm just like, I have an idea. I want, I want, I'm going to, I'm going to do a thing. All right. <laughs> I'm like, how, how far uh, are they from me? They've literally encircled you. They're, they're all around you. Oh, I meant uh, um, the, the other ones and my new friend here. Oh, okay. So you've got three uh, within reach of you. And then your friend is about five feet away from you. And the ones attacking him are probably close to that distance away as well. You're all in a clustered clump near the entrance. Cool. All right. So I'm going to cast Thunderwave. Okay. And I'm like, hey, let's see what this does. First thing that happens is, as soon as you unleash the spell, it is deafeningly loud. Oh, no. uh, you hear it. it God. You could hear it for God knows how far, I'm sure. Um, yep. I'm just you know, it sends out. It also pushes the water away from you in an instant, just sends a literal uh, shockwave outward. Did you say you didn't know it was that loud? It's called thunder. Wave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. A, a deafening explosion of sound. And then uh, I believe I have some saving throws to make. Yes, I do. Constitution. And uh, you can roll your damage if you want. Cool. Is this one I'm able to cast at higher levels or is it just a level one? I'm glad you asked. Um, so you can. And let me see. So it is a... Where are you? Thunderwave. There we are. Is first level spell, when you use a second level or higher slot, you increase the damage by a D8 for each slot. So you have up to third level spells. Cool. So I'm going to do third level. So you will do 4D8 damage uh, on if they fail. Okay. And I need to make a bunch of saves. And Emil, you are not exempt from this either. Right. So you can make a constitution saving throw. Whoops. 17. All right, you are successful, so you're going to take half damage. Okay. That was a good Strix move, Walton. It's a good one. Just panic <laughs> and explode? That- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, total damage rolls were 17. All right. So the zombies around you, Paulton. Uh, took all of that damage, and they get blasted 10 feet away from you, and they just sort of flop and fall into the water. Um, just uh, They fly backwards. All of the zombies around Emil and Emil himself all made their saving throws, so they take half damage, which is eight. Mm. 
and uh, they are not pushed back. Like that was awesome. Yes. So you're you're clear now, Paulton. You haven't got anyone's close to you, and you still technically, well, uh, yeah. You, since you used a free action to hook the lantern, you still technically have a move if you want. Oh. Uh. Your options are: you could try to hide behind one of the torture devices in the room. You could retreat back into the hallway, or you could try to circle around the zombies to get to the balcony. Or there are chains hanging over your head um, as well, some of them quite droopy. Um, I'll, uh, yeah, I guess I'll head to, uh, well, no, because he's still surrounded. You could also lock yourself in an Iron Maiden. Yeah, do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Uh, sure those spikes don't hurt too much. I I think I'm going to maybe stay put since there's still the three zombies on. Okay. All right, then. Emil, after you practically go deaf uh, with the with the sound of the blast, uh, you you're like mop, mop, mop. Uh, these zombies that you're fighting are still on you, but you realize that they uh, their their attacks against you are completely ineffectual. Okay, good. Then I'm going to maneuver myself so I'm in between him and them. Okay, and I'm just going to try and take them out one by one by one. All right. Make your attacks. All right. I'm going to attack with a sword for right now. Okay. Uh, does the 16 hit? It sure does. Excellent. I'm, it's a long are... sword. It's 1 to 8, right? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Unless you're using two hands, in which case it's 1d10. I mean, that's the only thing in my hand, so I guess yeah. it would be. Okay. Absolutely. So you're d10ing it. Eight points of damage. All right. Uh, you hack at that one. It sort of crumples under the weight and then manages to get back up again. Uh, okay. And then it is DF's turn. DF, what would you like to do? You have retreated from the hole at this point. Mm-hmm. Can we see him from where we are? No. Trix is still writing her petitions. <laughs> <laughs> she wrote one for evil and it just says Lathander is best and she hands it to her <laughs> I, she uh, Evelyn's like looking out the door very worried so she like accepts it like you accept like a drawing from a five year old like oh yeah thank you that's really nice and she puts it in her pocket Trix is very offended by that and goes back <laughs> um, I need to return I need to return to the party okay make another stealth check to cross the balcony okay Come on. 24. Yes, you emerge from the shadows near the door and back in the company of your friends. I'm so glad you're back, Deeth. What did you find? Uh, well, we're boned. <laughs> Black skeletons? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're above... Well, I, I tell them everything I found, basically. Okay. Uh, we're above, like, another area, but there's more death skulls down there. I... When I'm able to make it to the hallway on the opposite end, but it's pitch black and I can't see anything. I could try to make it back there, but Strix, I would need to borrow your drift globe. Okay. If you want to, we can still turn into clouds. Would you be able to see anything as a cloud either without light? I can, because I, ha- I see in the dark. Oh. Yeah. The, demon. the rest of you would be out of luck. Maybe that's best then. If you hide. promise to come back and not run away. I can't make that promise currently. I know, but I love you anyway. 
I can give you the drift globe, Dan. Okay. Um, yeah, this is a good idea, right? Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that those things that you saw down the hole will see you and the drift globe. Well, I'm gonna keep the drift globe covered in, in like in my pack or something until I get to that hallway where I need it. All right. I'm just real worried that we won't know if you're in trouble and we can't come help you. If you're screaming, I'm dead. Just don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we say enough mean things to Mr. Shambleface. We'll just uh, get get him to come here. Here, say some insults to him. Come on. You're not nice. Hey, remember that time come I stood <laughs> You, you you don't have friends who truly love you in the depths of their heart. Oh, burn. Wow, <laughs> that, that actually hurts. That hurts a lot. <laughs> is like, good, good. <laughs> and, and then Evelyn's like, shakes her head and she's like, dear Lord Lathander, please. <laughs> <laughs> please forgive me for that unkindness. I, I promise I will try not. I'm just under a lot of stress. <laughs> the zombies shamble back up to their... <laughs> Uh, and you can see your friend uh, uh, ML has sort of interposed himself between you and them, and they immediately start to tear at him and try to uh, tear him to pieces with their claws. And as you watch, you see, despite their best efforts, they don't even seem to be piercing his skin. Huh. <laughs> and at this point, uh, it is your turn. It's like the Paul did reaction for everything. Yeah, <laughs> you can see that all the zombies have sort of ganged up on Emil, and uh, he's sort of fending them off as best he can with your sword. What would you like to do? I'm gonna. Mm. You also hear sort of the the return echo of your thunder wave. <laughs> <laughs> I consider doing another thunder wave. I'm just like, no, <laughs> can't can't do the same trick twice. Save it for another time. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to do any of them look particularly more like weakened than the other ones. Uh, there is one, the one that uh, took the, the sword blow from Emil is definitely the worst off, but yours are looking, the ones you blasted away from you also look pretty bad. Okay. Um, the one that took the sword damage, I'm going to... Uh, cast Dissonant Whispers on. All right. He's going to make him think he's cray-cray. Right. But he's dead, right? And he's got a malevolence in his undeadness. Okay, uh, so he's got to make a wisdom saving throw. Do, 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 which he failed. So that's nice. 3d6 psychic damage for him. All right. So. Mm-hmm. 11. All right. Uh, his head blows apart. Cool. Nice. And he, it falls <laughs> down. It collapses into the water, leaving five zombies behind. It's like, well, oh, that went well. Yep. All right. And uh, Emil, you have now five zombies upon you. I mean, as long as they can't hurt me, I'm just going to keep hacking them until they're dead. Yep. Okay, make an attack. Uh, 18, uh, 20. 
you hit. Uh, you can see some of them are more weakened than others. You can target one of the weaker ones. I'll just, yeah, I'll strike the weakest ones and work my way up. That seems fun. Okay. Again, they can't hurt me, so I'll see why not. Uh, that would be nine. Okay. Uh, you uh, plunge your blade clean through that one and kill that one as well. Yeah, and I'm calm and emotionless. Like, if you guys have seen the trailer for the new, uh, shoot, what is it called? Uh, the new Netflix show where he's just walking through the hallways, he's being shot over and over again. No emotions, no reactions whatsoever. Oh, I that's the um, um, Luke Cage? Luke Cage, that's yep. the one. The same right. kind of reaction, just, yep. you know, things are clawing at him, and, and cool. he's just calmly stabbing, no emotion whatsoever. Cool. Don't pick a fight with that guy. All right. The uh, next action is we will uh, have the zombies attack. Uh, Emil, uh, you can see that they are uh, attempting to grapple you. Right. Okay. Um, so I need you to make either an athlete, uh, strength athletics check or a dexterity acrobatics check. I think strength is going to be my best one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, 14. All right. Uh, try as they might, uh, and they all seem to be kind of working toward common purpose. Uh, right. As they, as they grab hold of you, uh, they are unable to get a good grip on you. You keep sliding and pulling yourself free from their grasp, and it's obvious to both you and Paulton that they're up to something. All right. Does it feel like they're trying to drown me? Uh, possibly. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. They do. They do seem like they're trying to pull you down uh, into the water somehow, and then uh, we will, uh, as you uh, slip out of their grasp, Diaf, Evelyn, Strix. What are you guys up to next? You've got the drift globe, Diaf. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm back at the door watching him go. And you probably. Right. Yeah, you've got it tucked so it's you know not giving out light at, at times you don't want the light to be shed. Either just stuffed in my backpack or yep. whatever. This is yep. shrouded, and I'm, I'll make my way back to that hallway. Okay, so make another. We, before he leaves, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna cast a true strike on him just in case. Okay. Oh, sweet. Just to be like just in case. DF, uh, make your stealth check. My favorite. Yeah. You make enough of these, you're bound to roll badly, right? 24. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. So, strike. All right. That's going to wear off by the time you get across the, the balcony. How long does it last? One round. Oh, yeah. shit. All right, well. Oh, it was that's okay. You make it to the far, you make it to the far end. The uh, heart was there. Thank you, Strix. I try. Once again, you return to the room at the far end, uh, no worse for wear. Okay. Ignoring the hole. Right. Yep. I'll make way to the hallway. And yes. that's where I'll just take out just a little bit of that drift globe. Or even like maybe like open up my backpack and Yeah. Like open limit, it up. limit the uh limit. I like that face. That's yeah. the like I will see face. <laughs> just uh just very, very uh gently just enough so I can see into this hallway. So yes, uh, you see glazed amber walls of a 20-foot wide, 70-foot long arched corridor. The, uh, there, there's another set of amber doors at the very, very far end of the Grand Hall, and they too stand open. You also see a closed door 
in the middle of the long wall on the right side, you also see across from it three arrow slits that seem to look down into the cathedral. Um, but mo the most interesting thing, or at least most irregular thing, I should say, are you can see cracks have formed in the black marble floor, and those cracks extend the length of the hall. Hmm. You can make a perception check if you like. I would. <laughs> uh, uh, 13. In the cold glow of the drift globe, you can see that your best guess is those cracks are the result of something very, very heavy being moved or moving down the corridor. So heavy that it cracks marble. Uh. Oh, okay. Does, does it still look sturdy enough to say support my weight or the yes. weight of three people? Okay. Absolutely. Great. Uh... And actually, with your with your role, you're able to ascertain that the cracks are concentrated at various points, suggesting that they were made by something walking. Uh, big monster. Why has it always got to be a big monster? And these footsteps continue straight ahead to the other open doors. That's correct. Lovely. Okay, well, I, I'll, I'll start by making my way to the set of doors halfway into the hallway. Yes, it's a single door, um, also uh, made of, of, of amber. Okay. I will be actively searching for traps and secret doors this entire time. All right. Make a perception check. Okay. Uh, oh, 18. Okay. You're fairly confident that the door you are now standing in front of, across from the arrow slits, is not trapped in any way. Good. The door locked. When you test the handle, you can tell it is not. And it opens inward. So you're, it, you'll open it by pushing it in. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Sorry, outward from your point of view. My mistake. Okay. Uh, I, I sense no light or anything coming from that. Uh, you can see through the... I'm glad you mentioned that because you can see through the amber portal that there is light in whatever chamber be is beyond. Is this light green? It is not. It's sort of a reddish-orange color. Sweet Jesus, yes. I <laughs> uh, Still not convinced if I actually want to go that way or not. Okay. So with that information, I'll then make my way to end of the hallway at the other doors. Very carefully peeking and poking around in those. Okay, so you cross to the end of the hall. Yeah. Um, and as you um, sort of uh, get your way closer to those open doors, um, you, you, you begin to see that whatever chamber is beyond is not glazed in amber. It appears to be just another flat stone room. Um, you also uh, begin to see uh, through the open doors into the room what appear to be like pebbles or bits of debris on the floor. Uh, Evelyn and uh, Strix, DF has been gone now for about a minute. And, and uh, you don't see any evidence of, his, of the light he took with him. He's gone deep enough or far enough now you can't, 
you have no sense of where he is. Is it your intention to hang out here until you hear him scream or return? He told me that he would scream if he needed help, and I believe him. Strix is just still writing her petitions. But yeah. she asks she asks Evelyn, ask Lathander if he's okay. Can't you do that? Doesn't he just answer house calls? <laughs> no. Lathander is not like a all of my analogies are modern day. Lathander <laughs> <laughs> is not a barkeep. <laughs> you don't just put something in and get something out. I wish he was so, a barkeep. But I will offer a song of praise and thanksgiving for his safe return. Great. Lathander, Lathander, <laughs> keeper of the children. <laughs> Strix just claps along totally off key. <laughs> keeper of the children? <laughs> I don't know. He's a kid now. <laughs> yeah, he's a song for the like orphan. Yeah, I sing like a children's like protect the children song. That's <laughs> Uh, Diaz, the, yes. you, get, you get to the open doorway, um, and you, you want to shine your light inside to get a sense of the room beyond? Uh, only just enough that my human eyes can... Right. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, you see uh, the walls and ceiling in one portion of this bare stone room have collapsed. Um, in the, at the other end of the room, to your right, you see yet another set of opened double amber doors. However, your light immediately catches uh, what appears to be a large statue in the middle of the room. It stands 10 feet tall. Statues are not good. And portrays a jackal-headed warrior made entirely of cracked amber. It turns to face you and clenches its fists. Yeah, I ain't gonna fuck with that, I leave. All right. You just like bag up and just <laughs> freaking Dr. Perkins house of horrors in here. <laughs> All right. Uh, the zombies continue to uh, pull and tug at uh, Emil and uh, Emil. Uh, they seem to be pulling you toward the iron maiden. Make a strength check. Oh, okay. Uh, four. All right. Uh, they are able to pull you uh, 10 feet closer to it, so it's about five feet away from you now. Paulton, what would you like to do? All of the remaining four zombies now have a meal and are just sort of pulling him toward that torture device. How far are they from me? They are now about, uh, about 15 feet away from you. 15 feet, huh? Okay. Well, I'm just like, all right, um... I only got one thing to handle all of them. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and go over there and do another thunder wave. All right. Slosh, 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 slosh. Boom. <laughs> all right. Uh, they have to make more saving throws. And uh, what slot are you using for the spell? Uh, I'm going to do it level two this time. Okay. So it'll be 3d8 damage. Mm-hmm. And Emil, you have to make a saving throw as well. DC 15. Constitution. Uh, 15 exactly. All right. You'll take half. That's good. All right. Nine for damage. All right. So, uh, first guy is going to take half of that and not be pushed. The second guy is going to take all of it and get sort of blasted away from a meal and goes flying into the water. Uh, into the, the Iron Maiden? <laughs> <laughs> Let us check, shall we? 
Awesome. Uh, no, he does not go into the Iron Maiden. Oh, uh, the third one who succeeded at the save uh, made it, uh, but is still obliterated because he took a full brunt thunder wave last time. And the uh, last one who failed uh, did not make it and goes flying into the Iron Maiden. Awesome. Yeah. And you just see him get impaled on some spikes. Nice. And that awesome. zombie uh dies as well so there are only two living zombies only one of which now emil is grabbing hold of you i waited so long to use this <laughs> and emil you took half damage as well which would have been four points gotcha all right excellent and it is your turn now right. even though even though this zombie's grabbing you it does not stop you from attacking it or making attacks in general perfect just try and kill the last one uh 19 you hit definitely. All right. And that'd be 10 points of damage. You decapitate it. Perfect. Sweet. All right. I recognize that he cast this magic, obviously. To help me. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. And I would, yes. Thank you. Got it, bud. Other than, other than sloshing water all around yeah. the room and the after echoes of your horrific blast. Uh, you guys are now standing in the dark torture chamber by yourselves, so it seems. Oh, because you lost your light? No, he's got his light. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah. We sh we it's, should casting, it's casting weird... Sh every time you guys move, it sort of casts weird shadows all around the room. Fun, okay. <laughs> we should leave. Okay. okay. We continue leaving, I suppose. I mean, we don't really know. I've never been this way. But we continue thinking that this is leaving, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'll help him. Uh, okay, so Paulton, you're the first to sort of be helped up onto the balcony. The stone railing that encompasses the balcony is still pretty sturdy. You're able to grab hold of that and pull yourself up by the two thrones. Uh, you can't imagine anybody wanting to sit here and watch people being tortured, but apparently that's a thing in Barovia. Uh, when you get up onto the balcony, you can see it is dry. The thrones are dry and sort of cracked and old, and the red curtain that hangs behind them does clearly have some sort of area behind it you can see through the holes uh, the curtain has not weathered, weathered the passage of time well um, and uh, uh, when you turn uh, a zombie erupts from the water and tries to grab hold of Emil again basically leaps onto your back Emil and crits you oh uh, but has no effect right okay uh, and Paulton what would you like to do um, is there only one on him? Yep. And uh, how far up have I gone? How high? Uh, you're about five. You're you're about five feet above a meal at this point. Um, about ten feet above the floor of the uh, torture chamber. Okay. Um. Can I call him mean names and cast some vicious mockery? You can. Cool. Cool. Nice. Feel bad about yourself. Other zombies are much better. Ah, you're dead. <laughs> All right. Um, yes, you have a string of insults laced with uh, subtle enchantments at a creature you can see, and that would be the zombie, and he has to make a wisdom saving throw, and he fails. So you do 1d4 psychic damage. You can, uh, well, actually, no, you're, you're over fifth level, so it's 2d4. Oh, why not? Mm -hmm. 
he dies of shame. <laughs> and goes toppling, he goes toppling back into the he covers his his undead face and goes toppling back into the water. Yeah. At so which point, Emil, at which point, Emil, you have no trouble uh with Paulton's help uh getting pulled up onto the balcony. He says it's zombie. I'll never please my parents. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Yeah. This is the first time I've been out of the water in weeks. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Uh, oh, your poor skin. Yeah, I must be shriveled. <laughs> I would just dry myself off. I mean, the first thing I would do is just rip the curtain down and just try and get dry. <laughs> yeah, you, the curtain, uh, tear, a part of it just sort of tears away in your grasp, and you can sort of wrap it around yourself and dry yourself off. Yes. Uh, as you do, you've exposed uh, in the back wall a stone door that was behind the curtain. It appears to be the way off the balcony, basically. Is it <clears throat> locked? Uh, that is a fine question. Let us check. I believe the answer is no. Uh, the answer is no, it is not. You test the handle and it, it, it turns. Ah, excellent. Are you ready? Before we go, there's one thing I must do to ready myself. I just do the damn thing. (laughs) Emil kind of eyes your wine for a second, nods, and then throws open the door. All right. Uh, When you push open the door, you see a room 30 feet square rising to a 20-foot-tall flat ceiling. A stone brazier burns fiercely in the center of the room, but its tall white flame seems to produce no heat. The rim of the brazier is carved with seven cup-shaped indentations spaced evenly around the circumference. Within each indentation, you see a spherical stone, twice the diameter of a human eyeball, and made of what appears to be colored crystal, and no two stones are the same color. Overhead, suspended above the brazier, you see a wood-framed hourglass, as tall and wide as a dwarf. It hangs about 10 feet above the brazier, suspended from the ceiling by thick iron chains. All the sand appears to be stuck in the upper portion of the, upper, of the hourglass, seemingly mm. unable to run down into the bottom. Written in glowing script on the base of the hourglass is a verse. Other than that, the other things you see in the room are two alcoves, one set in the middle of your wall to your left, one set into the middle of the wall to your right. And in each of those alcoves is a nine foot tall iron statue of a knight on horseback, poised to charge with sword drawn. Uh, They're standing deep in their alcoves. On the opposite side of you, past the brazier, past the hourglass, that wall has three doors in it, three heavy, thick, wooden, iron-bound doors. And they're all closed. This all feels like a trap. (laughs) Holly's been over here shaking her head like this the whole time. (laughs) Nope, nope. What makes you say that? (laughs) Yes, so three doors, two alcoves with iron knights rampant. And I've never seen this room. You've never been here. 
Okay. Uh, and uh, the, the stone brazier is about waist high. The flame is higher than that still. And the stones set into the rim of the brazier uh, appear to be made out of like polished marble crystal. And there's writing inscribed on the bottom of the hourglass. Wow. We should probably read that. (laughs) (laughs) So you want to make your way into the room then? Well, we need light. So, I mean, maybe we'll see. Well, the, the the white light from the brazier. Oh, right. We can see. Okay, it's yeah, sure. Everything. Read it. Okay. Yeah. I guess. I'd like you to make a perception check. Yeah. Uh, Emil. <laughs> uh, that would be 14. As you make your way over to read it, uh, you notice uh, Paulton is, is right next to you. Uh, and the light from his lantern and the light from the brazier do cast shadows of you on the wall. You notice that Paulton's shadow does not seem to be moving as you would expect it to. It does things that Paulton does not. Does Paulton seem to recognize this yet? Nope. Okay. Then I'm just going to keep an eye on it. Okay. And fuck Paulton. The, the, the writing on the hourglass appears First to be... He melts. appears to be a verse and it says cast a stone into the fire violet leads to the mountain spire orange to the castle's peak red if lore is what you seek green to where the coffins hide indigo to the master's bride blue to ancient magic's tomb yellow to the master's, or sorry, blue to ancient magic's womb, yellow to the master's tomb. No. So I'll just say that again. Uh, yeah. Cast a stone into the fire, violet leads to the mountain spire, orange to the castle's peak, red if lore is what you seek, green to where the coffins hide, indigo to the master's bride, blue to ancient magic's womb, yellow to the master's tomb. It sounds like the first one gets us out. Mm-hmm. That yeah, would be my the other one sounds so interesting. Mm, no, I don't want to go see the bride or the coffins. <laughs> I have more, I suppose. And I want out. Yeah, I would want the first stone. That would be my suggestion. You know what? You're a pretty scary fella. I'm not going to object. Fair enough. All right, and then I just kind of look at him, and I'll pick up a stone, and we both kind of nod to each other, like, "Yeah, we're gonna do this." <laughs> All right. So I'm sorry. Which color stone? The first one. Uh, no, the, the very first one, the spire. Violet leads yeah. to the mountain spire. As you look yeah. around at the stones embedded in the brazier, you see one of them is indeed a deep violet color. That's pretty. <laughs> All right. You sort of pick it up. Yeah, it's kind of rolled in my hands a few times, shrug, and be like, "All right." You throw it into the flames. When you do, the flame turns violet in color. The stone seems to disappear and is consumed by the flame. At that point, you see the sands of the hourglass begin to rain down. Time challenge? Oh, um, and then? And then, (laughs) Diaf. Diaf. 
you hear <laughs> you hear this amber colossus uh, sort of shift its weight and move a foot as it turns to face you. And you've obviously booked at this point, um, but you can hear it now pounding uh, the floor behind you. And as you look over your shoulder, it comes out through the doorway and charges down the hall after you. All right, so I, I make it to the room with the hole in it and I close the doors behind me. Says you. <laughs> <laughs> so aggro right now. Oh, <laughs> what is your speed? Ah! <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. What is my speed? Hark! Yeah. Hark, uh, do I hear the voice of a young boy? <laughs> Uh, my speed is 30 feet all right but if he's like straight up chasing me i can cunning action dash all right uh so uh as you begin to uh, run down the corridor and this thing is stopping after you you realize it is moving as fast as you would normally so as long as you you don't fall trip slide or whatever you can stay ahead of it okay when you get to the far end of the hall and you can hear the sound of its feet cracking the floor um, as it runs toward you, you get to the amber doors uh, of the room with the hole in the floor. Right. And you said you wanted to close them? Or what? Or just uh, keep running? Um, I'm going to close those doors. <laughs> Statues don't know how to open doors. Wait, when I saw that statue, what was in his hands? He had nothing in his hands. Shit. Uh, I'm going to attempt to close those doors and then help my way back to my friends. All right. You slam the door shut. Uh, while this is going on, Evelyn and Strix, you can hear DF. You can also hear the big sort of crunching boom sounds of something possibly chasing after him. Oh, for crying out loud. Strix, cloud form, both of us, quick. Uh, that's going to be all my cloud forms. I don't know. Can you? Th I'll, I'll just go get him. Don't worry no, about. Don't do that. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll just touch. I'll touch Evelyn and turn her into a cloud. You can help him more. Just go. Okay. Uh, you are now gaseous, Evelyn. It is a weird disembodied experience for you. Wow. Um, and uh, you realize uh, quickly in this form uh, that uh, right now you have a flying speed of ten feet. Um, so you're slower than you would normally be. Um, I'll go get him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and you, in cloud form, you make your way out onto the balcony. Uh, DF, after you slam the doors, uh, you can see as the doors are just closing, that lumbering shape running toward you. It doesn't look like he's necessarily going to slow down much. Uh, so you boogie uh, mm -hmm. cross the room with the hole, make your way back to your friends. There's another set of doors there. Um, these are the doors leading out onto the balcony. I, 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 mm, Obviously, closing them will draw attention to them. It sure would. So I probably won't do that. I'm just going to keep on sneaking so I don't get blasted by a goddamn evil statue thing. All right. Try to sneak out onto the balcony and make a stealth check. I'm going to switch dice just to make sure the other one hasn't used up all its rolls. Uh, 21. At 21, you say. <laughs> Don't. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I just want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. She has been stressed for like 
two days back to back just writing last will and testament she's on like page 87 yeah she has drawings she didn't leave the room yeah point. she didn't leave the room she's still in there writing she did it to evelyn and is saying <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, when you go out uh, onto the balcony, you kind of see this cloud approaching you from where Strix and Evelyn were. And I know what's up. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, Evelyn, you can see DF on the other side of the balcony. Uh, Hiding. Well, attempting to hide. And do I see the statue chasing him, or do I just hear it coming? You can hear it, and you can hear it uh, wrenching open uh, a pair of amber doors and getting closer. I try to speak to Dia. Am I able to? Uh, you cannot talk in gaseous form. I fly toward the, the oncoming statue and the doors. Okay. Uh, the cloud passes by you, DF, and goes into the room with the hole in the floor. The entire time I'm doing this. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn, you see uh, an empty stone room uh, for the most part with a, a gaping hole in the floor through which green light seems to uh, arise. Uh, but the thing you see most uh, is a set of amber doors being thrown open and a 10-foot tall statue carved entirely of amber with sort of a jackal head and kind of amber sculpted armor stomp into the room. I try to pick up like a little stone or anything. Am I able to pick anything up? Nope. You can't. So you go down to the floor and you find a, a chunk of some bit of ceiling that fell and you try to pick it up and you just have no means to grasp anything. I stand over the hole and do a like gaseous, like notice me dance. Okay. <laughs> DF, what do you do? As the cloud makes its way over to the hole, this vaguely Evelyn-shaped cloud. Dancing rhythmically. Stay hidden. Okay. <laughs> uh, Run! The statue uh, seems to ignore you, Evelyn, and uh, kind of turn its sculpted head toward Diaf and advance toward him. But I was hiding. So you thought. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make any noise. I can't move anything. I can't talk. It's it's back is now to you and DF. It's about 20 feet away from you. What do you want to do? It's clearly looking right at you. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. Uh, I'm going to abandon my stealth and sprint for the room that Strix is at. Or mm -hmm. the not cloud person, I guess, is what I would see. Right. Yep. And then, and yeah, I'm just... Yeah. All right. So you you bolt across the balcony yeah, towards and that, Strix. that statue still following me while I'm doing this? Um, yes. And Strix, okay. you can now see this 10-foot-tall, amber, jackal-headed statue appear in the doorway on the far side of the balcony and start chasing Diaz across the length of the balcony. Ah! Oh, this is terrible. And Evelyn, the statue has all but abandoned you in that room. Do I, do I have any sense of whether I could stop being in gassy form? Only Strix, only Strix could end that for you. Okay. 
So I feel completely unable to help at all. So I fly back to Strix as fast as I can. All right. Uh, moving more slowly than <laughs> Diaf and uh, the statue at this point. So the, stat- the statue's chasing him towards the yes. room. It's going to totally wreck our room. It's coming right for you. Uh, oh, I have to do my last my last idea, which is going to be super dumb. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm just going to cast alter my alter yourself and make myself look as humanly possible, like Strahd. Nice, <laughs> nice, so good. <laughs> and I'm wow. Stand up as straight as I can, and I go. My name is Strahd Vanzarovich. <laughs> I will tell you to stop evil. <laughs> I mean, evil. ally. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is so good. All right. <laughs> Um, I, yes. Here I am. Yes, my name is Strahd. Didn't you know? Look how scary I am. I'm like, maybe something Swedish. Except <laughs> not very good at accents. Uh, yeah, so Dia, if you see a version of Strahd uh, that you weren't expecting ahead of you as you run toward her, uh, speaking rather oddly. Um, <laughs> Hello, I am Strahd. Yeah. Is it your intention to uh, keep on running until you're behind Strahd? Uh, so this t- entire time, that, that that's no, say, fireballs or lightning bolts have come from that statue? You are correct. That's good news. Kinda. I mean, yeah, but... Okay. All right. E- mm-hmm. Please run towards me, friends. Yeah, I'm I will gonna... not eat you yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll make my way to Strahd. <laughs> All right. uh, you, you run past Strahd and sort of stop, uh, turn, pivot behind him, um, her, it. And, uh, uh, so you need, well, I'll let you make a deception check, Strix. Charisma, charisma deception against this construct. Oh, hopefully they're not very smart. Ah, I got 19. All right. It was the accent, wasn't it? Which of you wants to go into the flame first? Paulton? Uh, I guess I was kind of leading, so I guess I'll go into the flame first. All right, Paulton, mm. you see uh, Emil um, sort of uh, climb up into the fire, and there's just like this crackling noise, and he just sort of disappears in the flames and is gone, leaving you alone in the room. At that point in time, one of the doors opens. Oh. One of the three doors uh, uh, on the other side of the room, uh, behind, with the sort of the door uh, directly <laughs> opposite the well, yeah, one of the doors on the far wall. The brazier is between you and it, um, and uh, stepping through the door is a familiar-looking dusk elf. <gasps> It appears to be uh, 
your brief acquaintance, Casimir. Casimir again. What do you do? Okay. He's still got his, he's got this sort of wolf trimmed, wolf fur trimmed uh, sheepskin cloak draped over his shoulders. Uh, you can see um, that it has uh, burn marks on it that you don't remember. Um, but other than that, he looks fairly healthy, hale, uh, all to be, albeit agitated and kind of angry cast to him. Um... Could I go invisible and just kind of hide and see what he's up to? <laughs> nice. Um, although he's looking right at you at the moment. Oh. <laughs> Can I go invisible and hope for the best? Uh, sure, you can try to cast an invisibility spell if you like. No. Um, so, so he walks out and looks right at me. Yes. And he says, the master, he says, the master wants to see you. Ah. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> Make a very tempting offer, sir. I am a fan of living, I will say. You see these sands trickling down the hourglass. Oh, Flickering shit. of the, the violet flame. Oh, um, how much, is there a lot of sand left or is there a good chunk gone? Uh, as you look up, you see that about half the sand has uh, fallen to the bottom of the hourglass. Like, so let's, um, talking to him, like, let's say hypothetically, I were to make a break for this flame thing going on here. Would that be frowned upon? He says, you are Vistani. You can come and go as you wish. Oh. Ask about your friends. <laughs> Says the voice of Strix in your head. <laughs> I, I guess let's, uh, I'll see what the boss man wants. <laughs> he uh, stands to one side of the door and just sort of gestures with a hand uh, for you to uh, lead on. He says... The master would love to have you for dinner. Please join us. Have you for dinner? Have you for dinner? Yeah, eat you. All right. Um, dinner sounds lovely. Thank you. All right. You walk past him and head up the stairs into the castle Ravenloft. And that's where we'll stop for tonight. Oh, my gosh, Palton. Palton is nothing without the crew. No. Uh. <laughs> Why? That's fun. This is fun. <laughs> First of all, thank you, Aram. Thank you. Oh, very much. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad I got no one killed. <laughs> that was my mission. Kill no one. So well yes. done. Yes. Yeah. 
and you still have Paulton's longsword, so he might never see that I again. Do. No, I great. Paulton's log, log I, got, I got a lot of use out of that thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> a lot. Well, I had a great time. I'm always game. If you, if you, if you need me to come back and replay this character at some point yes. in the future, I would be more than happy. There, there, there is more than a likely chance that Emil will make a return appearance and we'll learn a little bit more about his deal. That would be outstanding. I'm totally down for that. Thank you guys right. so much. Anything else from Something tells me I might desperately need you at some point. Yeah, it sounds like so. Probably I'll be dead. You can use a little bit of help. Yeah. And well, well, again, I did a lot of research on the character, so I'm ready. So if you guys, I spent two days like in panic, like I need to know everything. Yep. You did an awesome job. Please stick around so that you can kill things for us. Yeah, I'd I'd be happy to. Call me up and I'll come kill things. Yay. We uh, didn't actually like introduce you at the beginning either. No. Like, what's your IRL stuff that you do? Oh, uh, well, I mean, I up until recently, I was a, uh, a videographer and designer and developer freelance in DC. I worked for the Kennedy Center and I worked <laughs> for several other uh, organizations down here. But recently, I've kind of gone full time into the podcasting because the D and D podcast I do got so popular. So we just, we're launching a world book for it. I'm moving to Chicago and I'm kind of going full time into it. What's so your DD podcast? It's uh, God's Fall. Oh. So yeah, yeah, and we've been doing it for about a year and a half now. And it's been yeah. an incredible amount of fun. It's something that just, you know, got me back into D&D and the community has been amazing. It's mm-hmm. just been this supportive and warm and loving thing. And it's just, you know, led me to do cool things like this. So it's been a lot of fun. Very, very Thanks cool. for coming. Yes. Oh, please. Out, My pleasure. God's fall. Yeah. Uh, a couple quick announcements uh, on the Watsi side. Uh, a new Force Gray episode was released yesterday. Uh, so check that out, uh, uh, building toward a bit of a climax there as uh, we get toward the end. Uh, also uh, nearing climax tomorrow, Acquisitions Incorporated, the series, episode 11, I believe, uh, releases. And uh, that's all tied into our greater Storm King's Thunder storyline. And hey, this is... Whoa. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Can we play that one instead? I feel like... It- <laughs> 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 think, you're, think you're ready to face Cloud Giants and Frost Giants and Fire Giants and Hill Giants and Stone Giants and Storm Giants? But they're, they're big, yeah. but maybe less evil? So, yes, that releases... No. Uh, the, uh. Uh, uh, Neverwinter, our partners at Cryptic, uh, just released an expansion um, for their Neverwinter game that is tied to Storm King's Thunder, and the adventure product will be out uh, in our uh, core premier stores at the end of this month and in wide release in the first week of September. On top of that, um, for those who don't know, uh, Acquisitions Incorporated are going to reunite for another live game at PAX West in three weeks. Uh, Sunday evening in PAX West, uh, the live game is going to be tied to Storm King's Thunder as well and will represent the uh, climax or finale, if you will, of the series that we've been airing. So that's going to be kind of a big deal. Um, If you can't go to PAX West or you haven't got tickets or what have you, you can watch the live game, uh, if you live in the United States, in a theater as it is happening. We have partnered with Fathom Offense. And Fathom Events is uh, hosting our game at a number of theaters around the country. So if you can, get tickets, check it out, and join us in the fun. How about you guys? Got any uh, special announcements you want to make? 
Uh, this weekend, I'll be at the SoCal Gaming uh, Retro Gaming Expo in the City of Industry. I'll be all, there all day Saturday at Frank and Sons. So if you're in that area or coming by, uh, be sure to say hello to me. Cool. Yep. I'm not I'm, you're going to Miss Click's game tonight with a new character, right, Anna? Yes, I'm finally oh, back on Miss Click's DVC board <laughs> with my new character, who is a uh, monk cleric cross homebrew kind of thing. And her name's Fehana. And I'm very excited to see how she turns out. I, I feel like I don't know exactly who she is yet. So you'll have to come along with me and figure it out. Cool. Hey. And not this weekend, but the weekend after, I'm going to be at Palm Springs Comic Con. So I'm going to be there. You should come say hi. It'll be fun. And then it'll be really hot. So stay hydrated. <laughs> Awesome. I'm also just going to cry after this. I mean, I don't know if my I don't know if my thing works. I don't know if the golem thinks. Oh, I'm so. <laughs> I know. Wondering till next week is going to be so rough. It's going to be terrible. That'll be one of the first orders of business for next week. So stay tuned, folks. It's going to get good. <sighs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Dice Camera Action with Chris Perkins. Don't forget, Chris and the Waffle Crew broadcast live on Twitch.tv/slash DND every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com slash dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com. Until next week, happy hunting. Thank you.